1: To get started, visit plushcare.com weight weightloss. That's plushcare.com weight weightloss.
0: Hello, and welcome back to the Friday Five. It's good to have your company with me here for my weekly look Into the world of well being. Always interesting to be able to talk about new and topical topics that have been catching my eye in regards to our overall wellness. And this week, I was back on this morning with my old friends, Eamon and Ruth, talking about that incredibly important subject of sleep. And it really is just so important because it's so closely links to improve mental health and setting up a sleep routine is incredibly helpful if you are struggling right now with anxiety levels skyrocketing off the charts. And it's also super important for supporting our immune system as well. And, you know, setting aside some time to prioritise our beauty sleep, and it's not just about beauty, obviously, although that is a really beneficial side effect. It's more health sleep than beauty sleep. And for me, making a determined effort to focus on improving my own sleep has become much more of a top priority in recent months. So... My own tips here. Well, first and foremost, speaking as a midlife woman, I acknowledge that I do have lowered levels of estrogen and this therefore affects my sleep. So, for me personally, I use five to six pumps of the Estrogel, which is the estrogen, on my hips and thighs each and every night before bedtime. And about an hour or so before bed, I also take around 200 milligrams of magnesium. And there are lots of different versions and types available. I particularly like the one from Newsome Health. I also take the Life Armor Slumber Drops, Uh, these contain interesting herbs that help to sedate us and make us feeling a little bit sleepier, just taking the edge of stress and mental anguish, which is, yeah, pretty helpful right now. I then sleep on a memory foam pillow. These are the ones that I found really supportive and helpful for my neck. I top this with a silk pillowcase because that is just, well, it just feels so good to sleep on. And it's also really good for skin creases. You know, you don't tend to get those crease lines on your face when you wake up. And it also helps to make your hair a little bit shinier. And then on top of that, I sprinkle it with a few drops of neat lavender essential oil. Really simple, but really helpful for encouraging a good night's sleep. don't actually need to use expensive sleep sprays, by the way. I find that using just a few drops of neat lavender oil sprinkled on my pillow, it doesn't stain and it just gives that lovely aroma. I then, yes, there's more folks, I then use a bite guard to stop my teeth from grinding. I clip my curtains together with bulldog clips to prevent chinks of light from waking me up at sunrise. And I always always, always, always sleep with a pair of soft silicon earplugs to block out any noise that might disturb me in the night. These are genius, by the way, because they're not soundproof enough to not be able to hear an alarm or a a child in distress, but definitely noise counselling enough not to let the brain just acknowledge simple little sounds that can interfere with a good night's sleep. So you actually get a deeper sleep overall. So lots of different things. And, you know, just having that ritual every night of going through these simple steps is also really helpful because it signals to the brain that it's time to stop. It's time to unwind and get ready for a good night's sleep. So I hope that is interesting, helpful. I have popped all these ideas and more actually with the links, etc., over on Lizard Wellbeing website if you're interested You simply have to look for Liz Loves a Restful Night's Sleep. There you go. Easy. Uh, And if you're after a new mattress or a pillow, by the way, you will find a 40% off discount code. 40%. Yeah, four zero. Isn't that amazing? So this is the brilliant NHS approved memory foam ones that are made by Mammoth Mattresses. Love that brand. Find them really good. Anyway, we spend so much of our lives in bed that considering a new mattress or a new pillow, Could be helpful. Anyway, on Monday, as I was saying, I was able to broadcast live to the nation from the extraordinary comfort of my own bed using my laptop connection over Skype. I had a little clip on laptop light. So I literally was in bed. In my PJs with my hair curlers for added theatrical effect, obviously. And it turned out to be a top rated item of the show. So it was great to be able to help with sharing some good information. And, you know, perhaps a few hair curlers are indeed the secret weapon in the TV ratings war. Who knew? Well, that does lead me nicely on to talking about hair and how we're all managing to cope or not cope, with having had no access to the hairdressers now for, well, too many months on end. So how's it going? Have you resorted to home hair colouring, for example? Studies show that concern about root regrowth and the ever increasingly visible grey hairs are indeed causing concern for some, leading to lowered self-esteem and increased anxiety as we face the endless round of Zoom calls. So what to do? Well, obviously for many, the Answer is to simply embrace the grey and to use this period of enforced incarceration and social exclusion as an opportunity to change our hair colour by letting nature take its course. But for others, there is a hugely growing interest in home hair dye, which has been one of the areas of economic growth during the pandemic. And one of my most popular Instagram and Facebook lives last summer during the first lockdown was with Josh Wood, the hair colourist and founder of Josh Wood Colour, a brand that has rocketed up the beauty charts this past year thanks to the rise in home hair colouring due to hair salon closures. And it's something that I get so many comments about on my social media channels. So I invited him onto my podcast here to talk some more about the perils, the pitfalls and hopefully the pleasures of home hair colouring. So Josh, welcome onto my little podcast. It's really great to have you on the airwaves, for real. Thank you so much for having me, Liz. I really, uh, really appreciate being here. No, it's it's really good. And obviously home hair dye and home hair colour has just become such a, a high topic during the last year or so of ongoing lockdowns and people not being able to get to their hairdressers and all of that. And you are the king of home hair colour. But before we get into all of that, can you just tell us a little bit about your background, how you started, you know, why you became so interested in colour particularly?
2: Well, I mean it's a, it's a, it's a story from the ice age but um, I've been coloring hair for over um, 30 years now nearly um, and I'm from Yorkshire and I started uh, working in a salon in my hometown which is Barnsley um, and I actually only ended up in hairdressing because a girlfriend of mine that was at uh, I was at art college with got a job in a hairdressing salon sweeping up on a Saturday um and off I went, started sweeping, and very quickly realized the salon environment was good for me. And at that time, there was a thing called a youth training scheme, a YTS scheme. Mm. And I was accepted onto that, and um, I did my first year's apprenticeship in the salon in Barnsley on a youth training scheme, and at the end of the year, that salon said, uh, "We're not going to keep you on, Josh. We really don't think hairdressing's for you." Oh, no. <laughs> with, that, with that nugget of career advice, I very quickly uh, realised that I had to take it a little more seriously. And I moved to Leeds and worked at Vidal Sassoon. Um, mm. And I moved to London when I was 19 years old and worked for Vidal Sassoon for about 12 years. And then went to work in America for a little while and then started my own salon in, just off the King's Road in Chelsea Green in 1999.
0: Wow. When you were at Vidal Sassoon, were you working in South Moulton Street?
2: I was, I was, yeah, I mean, I was next door to Moulton
0: Brown for a little while, of course. So you and I, we we would have been neighbours because 30 or so years ago, actually probably a little bit more for me, uh, I was working at Moulton Brown, which is right next door. So we would have been neighbours all that time. Isn't that weird how people come around again? (laughs) Oh No, I was in South Moulton Street
2: from about 90, about,
0: 99, 2000 and then I moved to
2: Sloan Street and I was there for the rest of my time
0: that is just amazing to know that, that we've kind of overlapped all that time ago. And now bringing us up to date, obviously, you've, you've got salons, you've got the most fabulous range of home hair dye and, and salon dyes and, you know, just home hairdressing products. What kind of changes have you seen this last year since our continual lockdowns and with salon closures? Um I mean, it's the first time in my 30 years of coloring that I've not been able to
2: um, help and support and access my clients and thus them not access um, expert professional help. So um, we launched a, a digital consultation whereby you can do a consultation online over, over video so people can still get um, expert advice. What's been the most interesting thing um, is the way that people have started to think about their roots coming through. So if you've got grey hair and you colour your hair brown or blonde or, but you know you're covering all the grey uh, during lockdowns, there's been a real need to understand actually basic things like what colour am I? People, most people don't understand what 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 colour they you know they're using, um, and this idea that the 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 divide between colouring one's hair at home are using a salon the way that that's really been um, democratized by actually the, the the community the consumer that's using hair color mm. rather than the rather than the profession mm. the industry yeah. people that have only ever colored at home yeah. uh, trying to get better advice better suitability understand what they can really achieve at home and people that have only ever used um, salon color really understanding that Roots that can probably manage at home, but maybe highlights or balayage is going one step too far.
0: No, I mean that's certainly been my journey. I, I've been a, a faithful client of many a hairdressing salon for the you know last best part of forty years, I should think, and I've never dyed my hair at home. And of course, you know this this whole lockdown has taught us that there are so many things that we need to be able to do ourselves if we want to carry on. And I think with Zoom calls in particular and, you know, lots of social media still going on, you know, a lot of us are aware of root in particular, root regrowth, roots showing through really quickly, particularly around the hairline, which is the front of your face, which you can't really, sh- you know, hide it, or greys or perhaps becoming more grey through the stress of it all and wanting to feel perhaps a little bit more empowered as to what we can do. And I've been really impressed actually just perusing often online that are. The of home hair colour, to see all the different options available. And there is a huge choice out there, which I guess is why your voice is, is so needed to kind of guide us through. What are the, the most common sort of hair dye issues that, that people are looking to solve? Um, I mean, there are, it's really simple. Um, I
2: guess it's simple you know coming from an expert perspective but i i understand mm-hmm. how terrifying it can be if you are you know in an aisle of of uh, home hair color ch- trying to choose from 40 or 50 different shades there are really um two main concerns that people have um i've got gray hair and i really want to cover it up or blend it in i've mm-hmm. got dark roots and I really want to go lighter, and then a combo which is a bit of both. I've got some grey and some dark. What to do? Um, that that's the starting point. So really trying to understand how grey you are, what what, uh, how light or dark you want to be, um, what tone of colour suits you more warm or cool or neutral. Uh, mm-hmm. That that's really where I think. Um, we're able to support incredibly well with our um, online consultation or our video yeah. consultations, our live chats. Um, but the, thing that, the things that generally go wrong are uh, people don't really understand how dark or light they are, so they choose a colour that's too dark. It's always nice. – oh, yeah, that's a really, really common mistake. It's always better to choose a hair colour that's at least a shade lighter If you Mm -hmm. are, um, you know, you're not 100% sure. And and also, um, um, I mean, We've talked about this, so I don't want to make this personal, Liz, but I know you've had a, <laughs> a you've had a couple of experience with a bit of the orange or yellow tinge.
0: Yeah, so uh, obviously you can't see me in this podcast, but I do have sort of, you know, mousy, browny, dirty blondy hair that is going grey. And over the years, I have increasingly used highlights and and just bleach basically with the hairdresser putting in tin foils, um, to go gradually blonder to minimise the effect of the grey. So the greys just sort of blend through the blonde. And during lockdown, I had my first experiment with home bleach. And I think probably I didn't have the courage of my convictions because I didn't leave it on long enough. And my hair just went sort of a slightly gingery orange colour. And that, I think, is is one of the tricky things, isn't it, about dealing with bleach? Well, I think... Bleach
2: is something that I really struggle with people using at home because it's not necessarily the product, it's the technique, it's the highlights, the tinfoil, the balayage. It's Mm. so hard to to get the skill to be able to do that. And also as well, there's a really common uh, mistake is people buy a blonde hair colour, you know, a colour kit, a box, and they put it all over their hair expecting the same level of lift or the same technique that you're going to get if you're using highlights or balayage and right. you're just not going to get that you're going to you know you're going to get you know love your lovely highlights in the ends and a, and a root that looks um, too orange or too blonde i'm a great believer that if if you're used to having a technique a color technique like highlights or balayage, or all the thousands of other names that there are out there for partial hair color. Unfortunately, you—it's—it's it's virtually impossible to recreate at home. You can blend the odd grey out by using a blending brush or a semi-permanent hair color to help mm-hmm. blend in the grey. But but the tech—the the techniques that are created by the hand of the hairdresser, unfortunately, isn't isn't something easy to recreate at home.
1: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at
0: uh1.com. Yeah, explain to us what balayage is, because this is a sort of a new word, isn't it, in hairdressing? I mean it's been around
2: for quite a while. It's a French word. It's it's a way of highlighting your hair. So it's like using foil, uh, but you don't you don't use any separator, so you don't use foil. Um, it's you weave the hair and you really paint kind of streaks into the hair using a, a fairly thick bleach product. And mm-hmm. um, it's a way of of partial colour, of highlighting, but without tin foil.
0: Yeah. So what are the differences then between permanent and semi-permanent? H- how does it work? I mean, how does it work chemically?
2: Generally, a semi-permanent, you don't have to mix two things together. So, you know, and it um a semi-permanent washes out. It's a bit like a stain. So, it right. will it will help to uh, blend in or cover gray hair. A semi-permanent generally cannot cover gray hair 100%. But can it take the edge off? Definitely take the edge off, yeah, Mm -hmm. without a doubt. But if you're looking for um, a solution that's about ridding grey hair completely gone, um, you need a permanent hair colour. A permanent hair colour is generally like a tube of something, like a cream and a liquid, and you mix those together, and that's the thing that makes that colour active, which means it can flow deep inside of the hair
0: shaft and stay in the hair. So presumably, if you're brand new to this and you're thinking, perhaps it's about time I tried to do something at home, starting with a semi-permanent is going to be the least risky option because ultimately, if it does go wrong, it's going to wash out.
2: Yeah, I mean, it depends your starting point. If you are somebody that is either, uh, you know, used to going to a salon and having your roots done every, you know, six, eight weeks or so, then it's fairly foolproof if you get the right colour, that Mm -hmm. you will be able to cover your roots in a similar way to the way the hairdresser does. If if you've got a few greys on the hairline, you know, on your crown or your parting, then yes, start with something like a blending brush, which will help to uh, disguise the greys. But don't expect 100% coverage. You need a a permanent hair colour for 100% coverage of grey hair.
0: And if you did use a permanent hair colour and it did go horribly wrong, is there any way of getting it out or are you really stuck with it?
2: If you go really dark, uh, then it's about um, letting that colour wash up. I mean, permanent hair colours do fade um, if, you know, take a little bit of time. But um, yeah, that, that's the watch out. Don't go too dark because right. that that's the major concern that people colour their hair uh, you know, they, they look at the, uh, you know, the look at the description that's on the packaging. Uh, they don't generally dig any deeper than that, like getting a consultation or even, you know, joining forums about people that use permanent hair colour. That's uh, a good idea. Yeah. And, and then it's when it's gone too dark,
0: it's not impossible to remove, but it will take a while. I've heard, and this just might be an apocryphal thing, that, that if you want to take colour out of your hair to use a baby shampoo, because although it's formulated for babies, that means it doesn't sting the eyes, but it can still be quite stripping on the hair. Is, is that true or is that an urban legend? Yeah, that's it's quite the opposite. You need something that's quite astringent on the hair.
2: Right, so okay. um, if it's gone too dark, it's it's actually looking for something that's got a high sulfate um ingredient is it um yeah or a a something that could be used for um dandruff you really want an exfoliant you want something that's really going to be able to um lift the debris you know lift 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 the color molecule out of the hair
0: how interesting. And what about condition? I think some people are worried about using even semi permanents because they think it's going to wreck the hair or over dry it. What's your view on that?
2: Yeah, again, a really good point. I've heard a lot of concern around this people, especially people that are colouring regularly. I mean, you know, some people feel that they need to colour once a month. Um the biggest challenge here is that people don't stick to just the regrowth, so just the bit that's grey, which is new hair. So if you stick to that, you're only ever colouring new hair. There's a there's a lot of um, putting it on the root and then massaging it through to the ends immediately or brushing it through to the ends. And uh, one doesn't want to keep adding colour on top of colour on top of colour Um uh, you, know, you know, over a given period of time. But again, I formulated the product um, to to now be able to really tackle uh, condition at the heart of of, of when you're colouring. There's so a I formulated a little product called the Miracle Shot mm. that you you add into your permanent hair colour, and it actually uses the technology of how permanent hair colour works. It flows right into the centre of the hair and gets trapped there. So this this little miracle shot almost piggybacks on the back of the color. um, And it's actually it's actually uh, mending your hair and it's improving the condition during the color process. And it stays
0: for several shampoos after rinsing the color off. So is this about sort of opening up the hair cuticle? Because, you know, we we see pictures sometimes sort of like microscopic pictures of the cuticles, the scales, if you like, on the hair strands being opened up with a chemical process, something then going into the hair strand, whether it's a hair colourant, for example, and then something else resealing the cuticles. Is, is that what we're talking about? Yeah, exactly. It's a three-step process. One is you use an, a, an active
2: agent to uh, create a high pH level, open the cuticle of the hair. The color molecule molecule goes into the inside, the cortex of the hair, and it swells. That's what happens. The, the color molecule swells, and then as you uh, rinse, and especially if you've got the if if, if you've used uh, the miracle uh, shot, it, it, it creates a lipid on the outside of the hair. So, but, which by means everything that you've put inside the cortex of the hair is trapped inside of the so color molecules and conditioning agents.
0: Interesting. I mean, it's a bit of a chemistry lesson, isn't it? And we do hear about doing things like cider vinegar, hair rinses. You know, what what do you think about that? Because obviously that's changing the pH of the hair strand.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, let me tell you, I was no good at sciences at school, but I've had have had a, a 30-year <laughs> lesson of understanding how hair science works. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, cider, vinegar, rinses, you know, a, again, that's, you know, it's an astringent, and as you're quite right, changes the, the pH. Really good if you've got, um, you know, dry scalps or, um, you know, some, you know, irritability on the scalp. There's a lot of remedies that you can use. On the scalp as you can on the skin because Mm. it's the same. You know, the the scalp surface is exactly the same as the the skin surface.
0: Yeah, something that I've I've been really enjoying actually is that the new developments in technology for really temporary colour. So we're seeing a lot of powders and sprays and sort of brush in temporary tints, if you like, that you can just use perhaps around the hairline where the visible signs of grey are, or along your root line and then they seem pretty foolproof because you literally just wash them out they're just it's, I guess it's just like makeup for the hair isn't it
2: yeah i mean there's uh, the the whole category of, of touch ups root touch ups is it's just exploded um and I, I i have um i have two different kinds i have a wet one which is called a uh, a blending brush mm-hmm. and um the reason I like a wet to dry application is because it really adheres to the grey hair, so it really right. sticks. Um, and yeah, put it on damp hair, dry it in, and it's really locked in for at least one shampoo. But in some cases, if your hair's a little more porous, a bit longer. And then I've also got a um, airbrush sprays. Um, Uh, At the moment, they're in uh, brown and a champagne blonde. There's a lighter one coming. Um, Mm. And and that's a way that you can really tackle the root from a visual perspective, spray it out. And then there's also a little um, thing called a root marker, which is a little bit like a crayon. And that's perfect if you're on the go or, uh, you know, you just want to blend in your hairline or even layering. You know, again, Mm -hmm. I've learned online from our community you know, somebody said, you know, said only the other day, oh, my God, thank thank goodness for these touch-ups because I do the wet and then I spray
0: on top and then I don't see a grey hair at all. It's 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 really empowering, actually. And I think it's probably going to change the future, do you think, of hairdressing? I mean, what happens when your salons are allowed to open again? Are you going to see a drop-off in clients? Or are people going to be sticking with home hair colour, do you think? I think... um People have always been
2: looking for solutions, whether it's during school holidays or uh, work trips or, um, you you know, times where they've not been, where they live. Um, Mm. I I think the landscape is really readdressing itself. Um, And and it's not only are we going to lose people from coming into salon on a regular basis but there's also having a direct communication with people that have only ever colored their hair at home and they're trying to access a look a style and a um, a color visual that they'd have never been able to to create at yeah home. so yeah. so yes i think some people will manage roots more at home but i think we're open up, opening up a dialogue of people that that do want a bit of balayage a couple two or three times a year that would have never ever thought of doing that without having one of our uh, video consultations.
0: Yeah. Well, I remember talking to you in the first lockdown last year, Josh, for the first time um, when all the home hair colouring kits kind of immediately went out of stock online because everyone was was stuck at home. And, you know, you were very nimble and did this kind of pivoting word that we hear, hear about in business and getting your hairdressers who weren't able to work, weren't able to go to work in a salon to actually be online. And, you know, you've got people uploading photographs doing zoom consultations and that wouldn't have happened would it without without this so i guess there are some small silver linings that that come for the consumer through all this
2: Yeah, i mean we, we were we did have an intention to launch a video consultation but we were only going to launch it in at the end of november 2020 um and you know i gave my team about four weeks not even that probably three weeks i said right we people need help people are yeah. stuck at home they have no access to hair colour. And if they are trying to find hair, they've no idea what to use. They've never had that conversation. And it yeah. was really important for me to be able to democratise the expertise that we have in Salon and make it much more available. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a journey and there's been a lot of learns. But I think really empowering people to be able to take control of something that is... I mean, it's. I mean, if you don't want grey hair, it's kind of, you know, giving somebody a, a product that can actually give them the ability to manage that themselves has been, um, it's been really rewarding. Great.
0: Well, that's a very positive note to end on, Josh. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Liz. Well, it's good to know that there are achievable things that we can all do pretty much safely and effectively and, of course, much more cheaply in the comfort of our own homes. And speaking of cheaply, I'm delighted to say that if this chat has inspired you to perhaps give it a go or maybe you're a committed convert already, we can all grab a 20% discount over on the joshwoodcolor.com website. You simply have to use the code LIZLOVES, as usual, all one word, all in capitals, at the checkout, and that is valid until the end of March 2021. So thank you very much, Josh, and your website team for that little treat. And thank you, as always, for clicking the five star button at the end of this podcast for a rating and a review. I really do appreciate you giving me a star rating, especially now because we've just launched season 10. Gosh, can you believe it? Season 10 of the main Lizard Wellbeing Show podcast. And that kicked off with our first brand new episode. It came out on Wednesday and a truly fascinating chat. It was a life-enhancing moment to talk to the fabulous Dr. Rupi, he of The Doctor's Kitchen fame. And he kindly hosted me on his podcast at the end of last year, so it was really good to be able to return the compliment and have him here talking to us and covering just so much about food as medicine and the incredible work that he and his team are doing behind the scenes to help many more doctors and medics become much more aware of this too. It's a really good listen, and I do hope you enjoy it. Let me know. As always, you can leave me comments on my social media channels, which include Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, or, of course, in iTunes, which is specifically for podcast listeners. And thank you to all of those who have already done this. In fact, there are some very long comment and discussion threads now happening, particularly on my Lizard Wellbeing YouTube channel, especially on my recent menopause film clips. Yeah, that's a hot potato, that one. So thank you very much for these. Let's keep the chat coming. And that's it from me for now. Wishing you a very happy weekend and a healthy week ahead. Thank you so much for tuning in. Go well. Bye-bye.